You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. Today's episode, the topic is fallen leaders. So over the past few years, there have been a number of high-profile cases of uh, well-known Christian leaders who have had big falls from grace, uh, whether it's affairs or uh, poor leadership, whatever the case is. And so uh, we want to talk about how Christians should process when this happens. What does the gospel have to say uh, when a leader falls from grace? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. All right, welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy. I'm a part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got the rest of our leadership team, Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and then Zach Wyrock and Stacey DiNardo. Our topic today is uh, fallen Christian leaders. So there have been, over the last few years, a number of high-profile high Christian leaders who have had uh, scandals, have fallen from grace. And uh, as Christians, as these events sort of unfold on social media, uh, and especially as these super influential leaders are, are shown to be a different person in private than they were in public, it can be really difficult to process how to think about uh, Christian leaders. So uh, what we want to do is have a discussion about how Christians should think about uh, faith and Jesus when those things happen, and even how they should think about those particular leaders. So that's kind of our starting point today uh, with fallen Christian leaders. I think a good starting point is to say uh, the first thing Christians should think is that they should not be surprised. Uh, and I don't just mean because we're all sinners, although, yes, that that is true. But actually, the New Testament itself contains fallen leaders. Jesus picks 12 disciples. Judas betrays him. That that is a fallen leader. Peter denies him. That's another fallen leader. Pretty much everyone except for John completely abandons him, right? Then you pick up uh, later in the story, there is a, a little bit of a scandal over uh, Peter's ethnic favoritism of Jews over Gentiles that Paul calls him out on. Paul will refer to a guy named Demas who has abandoned his ministry uh, Paul and Barnabas will have a big fight over a guy named John Mark and actually separate, which today would be a huge story, to major Christian leaders no longer working together because of... And I, I say all that to say that I think the New Testament makes clear that fallen leaders are not... That's not a modern phenomena. Yeah. That, that is something the Bible not only tells us will happen, but actually includes examples of happening uh, in, in the New Testament. <clears throat> that's one of the things that I... Um, really love about the Bible is that uh, the Bible always prepares us for what life is. We shouldn't ever be surprised because the Bible doesn't say, Jesus doesn't promise that our life's going to be easy or different. You can look at the Bible and you can see pretty much uh, what our whole experience is going to be. But I like that as the starting point um, because it seems like we are always surprised when a leader falls. I have a bunch of questions, I guess. Um, what what constitutes a leader? Um, <laughs> because I know that when uh, any you know everybody, all of us are you know leaders of our families, or we we are leading someone. Um, so, what constitutes a leader? What constitutes a fall? How far do you have to fall in order to really fall? Really Is fall. it public <clears throat> thing? Yeah. Uh, how much has social media changed things as far as us knowing what everybody does? Uh, I, you know, I think, it, Zach, what you said is true with the New Testament. The Old Testament, it's even more pronounced, mm -hmm. I think. Yep. You know, David is the one who's described as uh, a man after God's own heart. 
And he fell about as terribly as anybody that you can imagine. Uh, and the Bible is about uh, restoration, redemption, that kind of thing. So, all right. You have a lot of questions there. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do, because it, it breaks my heart, yes. this thing. I think part of the response of Christians uh, needs to be uh, that it makes us really sad. Yeah. Uh, to hear that anybody uh, falls instead. I think there is a tendency, at least I, I have seen it in social media, where when a when a Christian leader falls, there is a um, – it it kind of ripples through the Christian world as uh, some kind of poison that makes them puff up and feel self-righteous and be – and uh, come down. I read a, I read a post – that was uh, criticizing other Christian leaders after the Ravi Zacharias thing, uh, where other Christian leaders had said basically, there but for the grace of God go I. And this person was posting how what a terrible response that was because it was minimizing the the victims and all that. And I was going, no, that's a that's a, every time a Christian leader falls, uh, I think it it is a great chance to look inside and find out where you are and to, and to uh, humble yourself and just know that uh, we are all very, very vulnerable, much more vulnerable than we think we are. Yeah. I think some of that is that, um, you know, the Bible is not just a book that includes a number of fallen characters. It includes complex characters. Right. You know, you think about how can David be a man after God's own heart and yet be an adulterer and at least by extension, a murderer. Right. And, you know, Joan, you and I were talking last week about the passage when David's dying and he's telling Solomon, like, okay, you get to be king, but you need to kill these people first. <laughs> right. You know, and you're just thinking, how how can I hold all these things in tension? And mm-hmm. there's a lot of complexity to that and a lot of nuance to that. And uh, we are no longer a culture that has a category for complexity or nuance. Right, so right. Uh, I think when I see... Uh, a headline about a Christian leader um, who's fallen, I know instantly I'm going to get two immediate reactions. The reactions that say, that could have happened to anybody, and and then the reactions that say, burn them at the stake, you right. know, basically. And, right. and I just think, boy, man, it feels like there's a lot of space in between those things. And you know, I think that's where to your, I think your third question is, how has social media changed? Yes. I, I think it's not just awareness, it's like an oversimplification of of stories and of people that force them into being one thing Boxism, or the other. Yeah. It's like good guy, bad guy. It's like you, you watch an old movie and the guy in the black hat's the, the villain right. and you know it. And so social yeah. media wants so to So if, if David's story or, or let's just say Peter's story had happened today, there'd be people who were canceling him. Yep. Absolutely. Right? right. And yeah. yet... Clearly, the Bible doesn't do it. There'd probably also be people who would be legitimizing or justifying it, and the Bible doesn't do that either. The Bible has this incredible ability to be complex and and nuanced, and and, and we're not great and at that. We wouldn't see on social media there being the grace that Jesus himself offered to Peter offered. Right. I mean, generally speaking, that isn't the case. And I, I do, th- I mean, yeah, social media has heightened everything in our culture and allowed allowed all these stories to be much more prevalent, well, prominent, I should say. But then in addition, again, given, like you said, just this shallow space that people can chime in I do think there's another extreme. I mean, you know, I I know I've seen some stories over the last decade where, you know, um, a guy, you know, falls very publicly, 
Um, and then a month later, he's pastoring another yeah. church. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, there are that's, extremes on both sides, right. and that and that's what I mean. That like, I don't have to choose between canceling them or giving them a week to take a vacation and come back ready to go again. I don't have to choose between those things. That that's a false dichotomy, and, and the Bible doesn't really have that category. Maybe we should circle back though and say, what is a leader? Who counts? Yeah, well, what is falling? Those are good questions. And while you while you guys were talking, got another question because uh, one of my things is uh, whenever I hear about a Christian leader falling, because Jimmy introduced me as the lead pastor, I am uh, always asking why is it so prevalent? Why does it happen? And I think there is a there is a certain loneliness. There is a pressure on leaders to be uh, perfect, so there is not. Uh, many people that yeah. they let close in on themselves. So when they start to go wrong, there's no one who can uh, maybe help them before they go completely off the grid. Um, and that's a that's a sad thing. And that's, that's part of of, of uh, I mean, they there's a lot of uh, you know things written about the loneliness uh, of a leader, but a Christian leader. Um, also just has this this pressure to be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Can I give an example of that? Just because I, I want to I want people to understand this. So uh, I don't know when you'll listen to this, but I just preached the past weekend, and I actually mentioned in my sermon that I was in counseling, right? And uh, I thought it was good just because it was saying, uh, hey, look, I was trying to destigmatize counseling. I actually had someone come up to me that night and and say, uh, they kind of felt like or got the sense that maybe I was confessing that I had had an affair to the wow. congregation. And that's wow. a really big jump. Yeah, and I said, <laughs> I said, oh no, actually, there's some stuff happening in my family, and I actually shared with them what it was, and they were like, oh. And I said, you know, that's the danger in in everybody wants you to be vulnerable, right? And say because I got a lot of positive feedback. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for sharing. Thanks for, and I'm glad I shared. Overwhelmingly, it was. But also, it was a little bit like, that's why leaders don't share. Right. Because all I said was, I'm in counseling, and now someone's saying, I bet you're having an affair. And it's like, well, so where do you go if you're a leader? If we're not careful, where do you go when you're starting to slide into whatever, discouragement, depression, yeah. you know, sin? If you can't say that, well, then it's probably not any wonder that eventually you, you turn to the wrong place. You know, I just think that uh, people are so quick to be uh, dismissive or jump to the conclusions or, you know. Yeah, and there, and there are people who will say to me, well, you don't have to be perfect. And I remember having a conversation with somebody in my office, uh, and he that's what he was saying, uh, you don't have to be perfect. But he was there to complain about something. Yeah. And it was interesting because I said, you say I don't have to be perfect. But uh, I don't have to be perfect as long as I am uh, perfect with the things that you really care about. Yeah. But the moment I am not perfect with what you care about, then you will leave the church. Yeah. And, and, and if you combine all the people that feel like that, then you're saying basically, oh, yeah, you have to be perfect. It's a lot of opinions. It's a lot of yeah. – yeah, yeah, I think that's where we are – I wonder, Stacey, if you could talk about some of the things yeah, we are doing staff-wise. Because we do think it's – you need accountability. You need right. – so what well, are some steps we're taking to – Yeah, no, I think – I mean, for a long time now, we've always tell every single person that is a part of our staff team that how they are doing spiritually, emotionally, mentally – 
physically is the most important part because we believe just healthy ministry is going to come from healthy people and community matters. We can't do life on our own in that. And so, um, I mean, we have a number of things. Number one, we, we require every staff member to have an accountability partner. I might have talked about that even on another podcast, but um, and that accountability partner has permission to ask you and receive honest answers about that last 10% of your life that you don't want other people to know about, which is just kind of something we say. So that, um, you know, even in accountability, though, accountability goes as far as the person's willing to be honest, you know, and, and, and share and be truthful about that 10%, those things. But in addition, I mean, we have our staff report and then conversations out of that with um, just asking pointed questions about purity, about finances, about um, how they're doing in, in, in their marriage and all sorts of things. And again, offer a lot of support and care to team members. We ask them to be in a circle. Yeah, yeah we ask them to be in a circle and be in community. I think even beyond that, you know, as a church, we've been moving toward the concept of CCC in three mm-hmm. as a definition of health, where we're saying, you know, a healthy church member is going to church, serving yep. in a circle, and, and in we their require community. That. And we're requiring that of our staff because. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also need to be healthy church members. Exactly. And, yeah, and the inability to do those things is perhaps indicative of not being healthy, right? It's that idea of saying, hey, if you don't want to serve, where is your heart with Jesus? If you're not in a circle, right. what where is, is your going heart on? with? Right. Yeah, I, I think it's those like tripwires, if you will. Yeah. I will say that one thing that, and it makes me think of the things we do, and I'm glad we do all those things, is that w- one way my heart grieves over the public Christian leaders who falls, how many of them are disconnected from a local church. Yeah. I, I just, I, you know, I really think the Christian life is meant to be lived in community and the danger for so many authors, speakers, you, you know, is they're, they're on the road all the time. They're, so even, you know, you mentioned accountability. What does that even look like yeah. when you're never at home? How could someone even begin to, what'd you do today? Well, I just went and spoke and I went back to the hotel and went to sleep. Okay, how, how do you, how do you, you know, you that? can't, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, it's it's to the point where you, I just, I know this is not realistic. It would be great if the church writ large began to require of speakers and authors, what church are you a part yep. of, right? Who do you submit to? Who can speak into your life in an authoritative way? If I went to the bookstore and picked up a Christian book and turned it around, it didn't just tell me about the author, but it told me, where do they go to church? Right. Who are their pastors? Who is evaluating their ministry? We would just be in a lot healthier place because superstar Christians disconnected from the local church, that's a burden I'm not sure anyone yeah. can carry right. short of Jesus. Yeah. I know I couldn't. I, I, I need that. I know. I was just thinking as well that, you know, for a Christian to respond to seeing Christian fallen leaders, that grieving, of course. And then secondly, though, I just feel like the movement to like cling to Jesus yourself and to move towards Jesus, to look at Jesus, not to just fix our eyes on other people that could fall and fail, but to move closer to Jesus and that it is a sobering reminder. I know that's not the only place we focus, but to, to realize yeah, that how goes we need to, to go now. That speaks to putting people on a pedestal yeah. for whatever yeah. reason, you know, there's, um, you know, I feel like for those of us around this table, uh, we are all considered uh, leaders. And so we take, I know everybody here takes it really seriously. I know that we uh, are very, very serious about our relationship with Jesus. But I also know that we are all just regular Christians, right? We were just regular uh, parents and 
uh, spouses and just trying to uh, live the way Jesus wants us to live. Uh, so I think that uh, you, we all have to be careful putting anybody way up on a pedestal, and when and then also connecting the message to the messenger. Yeah, That's one that of too. those things that you were trying to parse out. But I do think we need to acknowledge that first of all, we live in a superstar culture. Right, that is our culture: rock stars, athletes. We like celebrities, so we like celebrity pastors, celebrity teachers. I mean, celebrity pastors should be in some sense oxymoronic, but right. you know, paradoxical. But it. But it isn't. We like celebrities. But the other thing is we have to own, and this is on us. It's not on fallen Christian leaders. It is It is easier to attach myself to a teacher or author than it is Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. easier to download their podcasts and read their books and listen to their sermons than it is to cultivate intimacy with Jesus. And when a fallen leader, you know, when they fall— and I'm rattled. Some of that is because it's awful and yeah. it's shocking, and it's and those yeah. But then some of it is because I have just given to them what I should have been giving to Jesus. It's a sobering reminder that hey, I, I got to do the, the slow kind of steady work of cultivating uh, relationship with Jesus instead of my favorite celebrity pastor. But I'll also say you know it's funny it's about fallen Christian leaders. And Joey say everyone on this table is a leader. And I think you know the ironic thing is my wife would say. She sees a fallen Christian leader every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think all of our spouses would say that. <laughs> you know what? I, I mean, one more thing I think as Christians we need to do, and that is to pray for our leaders and to pray for the people that are delivering just the good gospel, the great gospel, and those truths, and um, to lift them up in that way. Because it is hard, and it is lonely, and there are a lot of different pressures, as Joe was sharing, and we need to support and lift each other up as Christians in that way. Yeah, and I, I think even learning the, the kind of things you can say to a leader, like, hey, how's community group going? Or yeah. for us, circles, right? How how How's, hey, you know, how, how are you doing at friendships? You know, where are you struggling? I mean, those are the kind of questions that I think if you're getting good answers to those questions, you probably have a healthy leader without having to know the intimate details of their lives. You're getting rough answers to those questions, then there probably is reason to be concerned. It just seems like the only time we're talking about leaders is when they're crushing it or they're being crushed by it. Yeah. You know, there's no in in between. And I, you know, I think leaders need to be more open, more accessible, but also as a church, like just the church, we need to have broader categories for them. Hey, you, you can be struggling and still be respectable, right? I think leaders need to hear that. So that they aren't just crashing. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, when you said that about uh, you know asking those kind of questions, I wonder if uh, the accountability question ought to be the question where you say, "Is there anyone in your life that could come up to you and say, give me your phone, give me your computer, yeah. let me see everything'? And and if the person says yes, and you say, "Who is it?" and they tell you, then they're probably safe. I would think, yeah. right? If, uh, I think you know, I think of Ravi. And I know that with some of those questions that you asked with friendships and different things, he would have said yes, yes, and everybody would have said yes. But there was nobody in his life that uh, he could say, if somebody asked you for your phone, if somebody asked you for your computer, would you just hand it over to them? And you, do, you I don't think you do that necessarily to everybody. Yeah, you but can. you got to have one person right. that will right. say, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I trust them. I will give it to them. And I do it periodically. You know, Even that would be good. Yeah, I would say, I mean, a couple of just final thoughts from my end would be 
uh, you know, we can't put leaders on a pedestal. And there yeah. are, there's more than one way to do that. You know, there's the way of putting a leader on the pedestal to say, like, I love this person. This person could never fail. I would never believe it if you said that they failed. That puts them on a pedestal. Another way to put them on a pedestal is to say, if you make any minor mistake or you have a slip-up of any sort, you are, you know, you're, you're not worthy of leadership. And that's hypocritical, that's right. yeah. you know, in and of itself. But then I also would just say, uh, we need to be really careful um, that we don't, when a leader falls, so like with Ravi or whoever it is, that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because I think that uh, that becomes really easy to do, to just be like, See, all of Christianity is broken because of Ravi. And the reality is that's not even close to being true because Christianity is not based on Ravi. It's not based on Mark Driscoll or James McDonald or you name the person who had the major blow up. It's based on Jesus and right. his character, which is one of the things that is really uh, sometimes difficult for me when these situations happen because I know that there are people who are not Christians who are on the yes. outside looking yes. in at these situations yeah. and, and saying, look, Look at these people tear each other apart, you know, right. and yeah, I will, just... let me just add this too, because I think sometimes we, we, we have a very American kind of centric understanding of Christianity. So we think the most important Christians are American pastors, writers, teachers, right? I know of a guy in West Africa who is the first believer in his entire people group. They're Muslims. His own father tried to have him killed. When he converted, he moved to a country in Africa, I won't name, learned Greek and Hebrew, is translating the Bible into That's their so language. Amazing. It's the first known book ever written book in this language. And he went back to where they're trying to kill him and is giving them the Bible to hold out Jesus to them. That guy is a Christian leader, yes. right? You're never going to know his name. You're never going to know his name. But I just envision it, and heaven won't be like this, I don't, and it's not going to be a competitive, uber-competitive place, but I just... I think about getting to heaven and and this guy looking at Tim Keller, who I love, right? right. And and telling Tim Keller like all that he's done for the kingdom and all yeah. these risks, and him saying, "What did you do?" And Tim going, "I wrote some books." <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like we've got to reorient our whole understanding of fallen leaders. That it's an awful thing. It, every time fallen people yes. is an awful yeah. thing. It's and it, and it hurts more when they're in leadership. But when we get discouraged, God has an army of leaders. Absolutely. We have no idea who they are or what they're doing, and they're, they are literally changing the world. So, so sometimes we have to go, hey, why is this rattling me? I've connected with this person instead of Jesus, maybe. It is sad, but also I, I have an American-centric understanding of yep. Christianity that is just not true. You know, the, my, my friend in West Africa who's doing this, this amazing work, he has no idea who Ravi Zacharias is. And, and Ravi was global. He has no idea who he is. You know why? He's too busy trying to reach his people group. Yeah. Right? So we, we will see more and more leaders fall, but we'll also have leaders doing great things we're never going to know about. God is still moving forward. This is not rattling him. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.